welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe, your catalyst coach and conduit to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A catalyst sparks change and a conduit provides a connection. So I was talking about self-care. You know, our energy is so precious to us. Our mindset is so precious, you know, and when you when you have boundaries in your life, you basically put limits on how people are going to treat you and what you're going to put up with. You know, you you might have to look at your surroundings. I kind of came up with this acronym as I was thinking about boundaries and it's Eden, but it's not Eden spelled E-D-E-N. It's Eden spelled E-D-A-N. And so the first part is examine, like examine your needs and the situations that you find yourself in, because our needs can change. You know, as I've become 50, I might need a little more, I might need a nap, you know, in the middle of the day. So my boundary might be, okay, I need an hour to myself to take a nap. And that might not have been a boundary that I had before, you know, um, or starting a new business. Maybe you have to cut out certain things and maybe you have to tell some people no when they always expected you to show up and come to everything they're doing. You're like, I got a business now, you know, I can only do certain things at certain times. So I think sometimes you have to examine your needs and have your needs change. And then you have to look at the situations that you're finding yourself in. You know, you have to look and see, okay, how is this person, as you said, feeding my energy? How is this situation feeding my energy? And do I need to change what I'm doing? Do I need to set up some different limits on it? What Have you found yourself having to examine anything differently, look at your relationships differently, or situations when it comes to boundary setting? I think um, I come off, actually, no, I, I'm not, I don't even just come off. I am kind of very hard-headed. So a lot of times when things come up, I like whatever I feel in that moment, I feel like that is just the truth and I hold on to it. And I mean, it has taken a lot of like hard lessons for me to like really self-reflect. So I'm still learning how to like just examine because in my mind, I don't think I can examine in the moment. I always have to do like an afterthought type of thing. So I'm still learning like any types of tools and tricks like that would make me just be present in that moment and like understand what it is that I need to make the situation better. That's good. And I think that's true. I think that sometimes in the moment we get caught up in emotion and we get caught up in appearances, how things look, but sometimes things are not the way they look. You know, sometimes when we reflect, as you said, when we take a little bit of time and we step out of our stubbornness, as you said, we, we see that there's a different way of looking at things and, and we can examine things a little differently. So I think that self-reflection is really important, especially when setting boundaries, because sometimes your boundaries change and they move and the people around you may not always understand that. Yeah. Because they're used to you being a certain way. But the thing about being an adult is we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And sometimes we don't have to do a whole lot of explaining. Look, you know, my life is different. That's true. And I have to change certain things for it to work for me. You know, and we have to have that assertiveness to speak up for ourselves. You know, and that's another part of boundary setting. Have you found yourself, do you think that you've become more assertive or less assertive or have you struggled with being assertive standing up for yourself at all I think I've always been like really assertive when it came to my boundaries and I think that has made me like get this like description of like being mean because I've done it from like a very young age but as I get older I notice that like you know my friends are starting to do the same thing as well and I'm like see you thought I was being mean, but like right now you're learning that you have to set those type of boundaries for yourself in order to really like achieve some of the goals that you want to, because you can't get caught up with like what everybody else is doing around you and how you're going to please like other people. So 
I agree with you on that. Yeah. So, so with this Eden acronym, you know, we were talking about examining your life. We're talking about that self-reflection. We're talking about being honest with yourself, stepping out of the moment and thinking about what you're doing and where you are and who you're with. And then as you were talking about deciding certain things, deciding, you know, the boundaries that you're going to set, deciding those boundaries that are needed. And then as you were talking about staying firm, because even when people were calling you mean, you didn't yeah. just say, I'm going to give up all my boundaries so they don't no. call me mean. Nope, 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 nope. So how, okay, let's say that there's a person out there and they're nervous about being called mean or selfish or somebody saying, well, you're not really a good woman if you don't do X that's outside of their boundaries. What what advice would you have for that person since you you feel like you've been assertive cuz a, a lot of us have not been, I have not been assertive my whole life. I had to learn to be assertive. You know, so I'm kind of in admiration of people who kind of seem to have been born with that assertive bone in their body. You know, so what what advice would you give a person like that who has struggled with maybe finding their voice or feeling comfortable being assertive? What, what, what advice would you have for them? Honestly, like, I feel like it only really came for me because uh, both my parents are immigrants. So for them being in America, like they had a lot to prove. So it's always like, Oh, you don't want to embarrass me. You don't want to do this. Look at how you're making me look. And I would just always be like, who cares? Like, that's just me because I was, I guess, a rebel child or whatever. So I would just be like, who cares? And so I kind of took that mantra with me throughout school, throughout life. And honestly, like, I feel like more people just need to adopt a who care, who cares attitude, pretty much. I mean, I look at other people and I'm like, okay, well, I want to be more grounded. So obviously it's not like my my like way is the like you know the only way it's we all have something to learn from each other so from for me like I surround myself around a lot of grounded people so that way I can pick up some of their you know like personality traits I feel like if you want to be a more assertive person you need to surround yourself with someone who is assertive but you have to surround yourself with someone who's assertive and someone who you like because if you just, you know, find any old person who is assertive, you know, you may find yourself in a toxic situation because there may be boundaries, of course, like that they cross because they are that assertive or so they think, you know. That's some good advice. Um, you know, I was told when I was a kid, if you want to be an eagle, don't hang out with the turkeys, <laughs> you know. So we become, what was it my grandmother used to say? Like birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. And somebody else said, if I want to know who you are, let me see your five closest friends. Because I will see things about you through them. Because we generally tend to associate with people that are like us. But making that effort to say, you know what, I'm going to seek out someone who has some skills that I don't have. That assertiveness is a good thing or that groundedness you know, as you were saying. So I think that's a really good advice to try to emulate and model, you know, other people that you see that, that are being successful mm -hmm. with the things that you don't have. Um, and I think also going back to the EDEN acronym. So first you're examining your life to see what boundaries you need. Then you're deciding on those boundaries and making some firm decisions and maybe even deciding on the people that you're going to look towards maybe yeah. to mentor you or to influence you. And then I think you have to begin to articulate, you know, for me, I had to begin to write affirmations mm -hmm. about some of my boundaries. I had to say it to myself over and over again, because what happens to me or what I think happens to a lot of us is we have a certain mindset. And the only way to change that mindset is to revisit our decisions, you know, write them down, revisit them, and then to speak about them to ourselves. We don't necessarily have to speak about them to other people at first. You're eventually going to have to tell people your boundaries, mm -hmm. but I think you have to become kind of comfortable a little bit first and a little confident first with those new decisions that you've made and begin to kind of say it to yourself like, okay, 
let me rehearse this conversation that I'm getting ready to have with my mama. You know, <laughs> let me say it. Maybe I want to say it that way. Maybe I want to say it this way. You know, and maybe you have these conversations where you practice um, that new boundary setting and you think about how you want to explore that with somebody. You know, what do you think about that idea? Um, I, I would... I would think that's like, you know, the best way to do things for sure. Um, deciding on my boundaries. I'm sorry, can you uh, rephrase the question so I can answer it? Like, like do you think it's good to kind of affirm to yourself, to say to yourself, maybe writing affirmations or kind of talking yourself through those conversations that you might need to have before you actually spit out your new boundaries to somebody. Okay, so yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so yeah, most definitely, that is definitely like the way you would want to do things. Um, especially for me because, um, because like I said, I was like the rebel child. I've never really grown out of that, even though, yes, now I'm like, okay, my parents are getting older, so there is like, you know, respect that I owe them that I might have not given them when I was younger. But then, like, you know, old ways still come about. Like, I still just, you know, blurt things out. And I've always been, like, a writer. I've always done, like, poetry. And I've always written stories and scripts of all types. And I feel like that is, the affirmations is, like, a good way to lead myself into better decisions. But I never feel like I have the time to do it. And I feel like that in itself is just an excuse because I definitely could make the time to do it. But it takes a lot, you know, within you to, like, really have to sit down with yourself and, like, you know, be honest about what you need to do and how you need to start saying things. Because I've always despised, like, when people said, like, it's not how you say it. Or, it's not what you said. It's how you mm -hmm. say it. Because for me, I'm, like, a person. I'm going to take whatever you said, however you intended it for it to be, whether you, you know, sugarcoated it or you just said it straight out. But learning, like, you know, that's not how a lot of people are. Like, a lot of people really would prefer a more mild way of saying things. So, I mean, that type of thing, I feel like I need to write more about how other people are. Because I already understand myself and I know myself. So, that's why a lot of things don't bother me. But if I want to have lasting relationships, I think the writing, the affirmations thing, and, like, deciding how I'm going to speak to people is the way to go. That sounds good. Yeah, I think boundaries um, are important in lasting relationships because I think we have to learn how to coexist peacefully and we have to learn um, our boundaries, but also what are other people's boundaries? Yeah. What makes them feel uncomfortable? What makes them feel like, oh, you went too far? Yeah. You know, it could yeah. be somebody saying, ah, man, that was harsh what you just said. And maybe you're like, okay. Maybe I could have said that softer and nicer, you know, so we all have those. We, we have the continuum, you know, of people who don't speak up enough and then people who are very assertive and maybe they're a little too blunt. I have been on the too blunt side, even though um, I wasn't always assertive because I had a lot of opinions, mm -hmm. you know, and I've had to learn how to become more tactful um, as I've gotten older. You know, the, the last letter in that EDEN acronym is to kind of normalize the use of your boundaries, to, to get used to living in this new normal, and also to be prepared for some kickback or pushback. Yeah. You know, because if somebody's used to you doing a certain thing and then you switch up, they're like, why are you switching up on, you know? Wow, 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 you know? Uh, and you have to be prepared for that. And also, you have to also think about what are you going to do if they don't respect your boundaries? Right. You know, are you going to distance yourself from that person? Are you going to, you know, what kind of um, consequences or reactions are you going to have? You know, so, so that's something to think about. So I know that you talk with a lot of people in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And you have a podcast, Served on Sundays. Can you kind of tell us about what you do there? So Served on Sundays, I created it to be kind of like a networking type of podcast where different Dallas creatives, professionals, entrepreneurs come on and we talk about like trending topics or, you know, just real life stuff in general. 
Okay, that sounds really good. I, I mean, I do something similar with laughs and lyrics. I, I invite a lot of creatives onto a live show. We do live comedy, music, and poetry. So that's probably why we connected, you know. <laughs> that's probably why we were Instagram friends because we, we had some of the same little vibration going on, the same circle going on. Um, so with COVID, has that impacted you at all or how has it impacted you? How have you found yourself maybe having to change things, anything? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say like we were really affected that much. I do my podcast out of my house. So for me, it was like, I was still okay with people coming over. So as long as people like, you know, wanted to come over, they wanted to like, you know, Lysol down stuff. Like, I mean, whatever they needed to do to make them comfortable, like, I was down for it, and I don't think I was really affected that much. If anything, I think I had more guests, like, a lot of people really wanted to come on because they didn't have, like, their usual thing to do on Sundays, so. Okay, okay. So it seems like, you know, they might have had some boundaries when they came over because they took to feel comfortable. Yeah. All right. So, um... When it comes to relationships, how do you think that boundaries can hurt or hinder relationships? What do you think about that? Um, I feel like with boundaries in relationships, like you have to be on the same page because a lot of times you may feel a way about things, but you don't voice that and people aren't mind readers, so they keep doing it. And you may take it as like, okay, but you're my friend, so why are you doing that? That means you, you're not my friend. And really, in their mind, it's like, okay, but this is what I do with my friends, so why are you upset? Like, I thought we were, you know, cool like this. And so you really have to be on the same page, and the only way to do that is by, like, you know, having a conversation. And that is when you start to get pushback, you know, because... Feelings get hurt because nobody wants to be told that they're mean. Nobody wants to be told that they did something to hurt somebody. So um, that is like a hard conversation to get through. But that's where you know who like, you know, the true people that need to be around you are. Because, you know, if they have that much pushback that they're going to be like, you know, weird to you, <laughs> then they probably didn't really need to be around you. You know what I'm saying? So. That's true. That's true. And, you know, what you're bringing up is expectations. Yeah. Like a lot of times people have unvoiced expectations. They they think that, you know me, we've been hanging out forever. Right. You know what I expect, but you may not know what they expect. Um, and I found myself... I think women do it. We get accused of doing it a lot. Men accuse us of, she always expects me to read her mind. You know, yeah. we, we get accused of that a lot. And and a lot of times women will say, well, I shouldn't have to tell you how to be a man. Right. You know, <laughs> um, and, and I think it's just those expectations. And, and it's good to voice your expectations. I remember before I got married the second time when I had just met, I was friends with uh, my now deceased um, husband. I was friends with him for a while. We were just friends. And then we had this conversation one night. We talked for like three hours. And we talked about everything. Like, we're going to get into this relationship. So what happens if one of us cheats? You know, what happens if one of us loses our job? What happens if this happens? What, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to deal with that? How are we going to discipline the kids? How are we going to deal with the in-laws? How are we going to... We literally went through every single topic that we could think of, and we actually set up, in a sense, our boundaries. Hmm. Like, what were, your, you know, what were his expectations of me? What were my expectations of him? And if those expectations weren't met... Now, while we're calm and we're feeling all lovey-dovey and we're wanting to commit to each other and all this kind of stuff, we actually sat down and talked about how we might react. So we actually brainstormed, like, how would I feel? How would I think? How would I react? And we just had this really long, like I said, it was like a three-hour conversation. And we just set up just basically all night and just talked all these things out. And I had never done anything like that before. It had never even 
come up in any of my relationships for us to do something like that before. But we were married almost 11 years. And in that time, we had like two fights. Wow. Because we had already talked out everything mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I already knew how he was going to react to some things. It wasn't a surprise. And he already knew how I was going to react to some things. So we went into the relationship having this very clear picture of how the other person thought and how they felt about certain things and how they would react to certain things. And, um, I, you know, of all the things we did wrong, <laughs> which we did a lot wrong, that was the one thing we did right. You know, and it it made our relationship so peaceful Mm. because we knew, we knew where each other stood, you know, and it it would be good if you have that kind of consistency because we didn't, in in a sense, change about those things. You know, it would be one thing if you have that conversation with somebody and they change up every five minutes, they, they feel this way one day and this way the next day. It wouldn't work then, but for us that, that really worked, um, I think that having those kind of conversations where you really talk about expectations and boundaries, it also gives you a sense of security because you kind of know what to expect from that person. And right. it, and it kind of makes you feel powerful because you also know what you can do your, your, your limits and, and what, what you can't do or what you shouldn't do, you know, which we already know some things we shouldn't do, but kind of gives us some, some, insight. So let's talk a minute about empowerment. How do you think that having boundaries can kind of empower somebody? What do you think about that topic? Um, I guess it, it would empower people because they would know like how much their decisions, like, you know, can hold weight in their, like, own lives. Because sometimes people make, like, really snap decisions, and they don't even realize they're making those decisions, whether it's just hanging out with a friend or, you know, spending an extra night at your man's house or whatever. Like, those, like, little decisions, you know, they can mean a lot in in the grand scheme of things. So I feel like having those boundaries is going to lead people toward a certain path to where they can be like right on the goal that they want to be at. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. You know, um, I was thinking about different type of boundaries, you know, like emotional boundaries. I remember when I was a, a kid, I was a teenager and my uncle was an alcoholic and we went to Al-Anon the whole family was going through counseling with him and they started talking about codependency and they started talking about how you're not responsible for other people's feelings. You shouldn't say things like, Oh, you make me so mad because actually you can choose to have something happen to you and not react as mad, you know? And so they were saying, you got to learn to separate your emotions from other people and, and, and take responsibility for your reactions and, you know, think about how you could do things differently. And I know with women, a lot of times I heard Will Smith say, I decided that it wasn't my job to make my wife happy. And people were like, oh, that sounds like a horrible thing. And he was like, you know, it's, I want to do the things that make her happy. Don't get me wrong. I want to do all the things that make her happy, but it's not my job to make her happy. You know, it's my job to add to her happiness that she already has, but her feelings are not my responsibility. And, and going back to, like I said, Al-Anon and hearing people talk about that now, Sometimes I think you have to have emotional boundaries that I am responsible for my feelings. You are responsible for your feelings, you know, and I'm going to, you tell me the things that bother you, that hurt you, and I'm going to not do those things, but I can't walk on eggshells, you know, being worried about every little thing I do, how this person's going to feel, how this person's going to react. I have to actually live my life the best that I can, you know, and and be 
accepting of your feelings, listen to your feelings, supportive of your feelings, respect your feelings, but not take total responsibility for your feelings. You know, so I think that there's a, a boundary, as we were saying, where you have to kind of think about those things differently. Um, what do you think about that? Like, have you ever felt that somebody was trying to make you responsible for their feelings? I would say that I'm probably the one in a relationship that's like very codependent because I, I, I do feel like sometimes, you know, we were put on this world to like really connect with each other. Um, and, you know, when you're describing like the whole walking on eggshells thing to me, yeah, that's like veering towards the toxic end of the spectrum. But as far as like, you know, feeling like, you know, you should be there for me to be able to call on, like those type of things, those type of expectations. I feel like those are things that make me happy. I feel like those are things that would make anyone happy. Because um, there's different levels to happiness for me because I have this happiness with myself just solo. Like I'm happy. But then like I think about, okay, well, I want to be around people right now. And then I'm like, okay, well now I'm unhappy. So now I'm not happy in this state. And it's not that, you know, I'm not happy in general or with myself. Like, no, I love myself. I'm, you know, feeling good, whatever. But, you know, in that whole area of my life, I'm like, okay, well, I'm unhappy because I need, you know, to feel this from a friend, to really feel like they're being a real friend. So, I mean, I would say I'm like the more codependent person out of a, out of a group. So, yeah. Well, we do have needs, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have your food, your clothing, your shelter, and you have more emotional needs, but they're just as vital. So we do have a need to belong. We do have a need to be supported. We do have a need to feel like our lives mean something, like we're, we're actually self-actualizing is the word he uses. So there's nothing wrong with wanting support. There's nothing wrong with 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 uh, even feeling like you need support. We all need support at different times, you know. Um, so it's it's just about realizing that there are certain things we have to take responsibility for, and there are other things that we can get help for, you know. And and our friends can be there for us. Um, but, you know, there's some people that they don't take responsibility for anything. They want to blame everybody else for everything. Um, and, and that becomes that kind of unhealthy enmeshment. So there's also, when you talk about boundaries, and you were kind of mentioning it, when you have those relationships and you feel like your needs aren't met, there can be wounds, you know, there can be um, scars. And sometimes people, when that happens, they want to build this huge wall, you know, and they want to push everybody on the other side of that wall, and they want to call that a boundary. And that's not actually what a boundary is supposed to be. A boundary is not supposed to be a wall that nobody can get through. You know, a boundary is actually supposed to be flexible to a certain extent where you can open it up, let people come in, teach them how you want to be treated. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can have layers to this. You know what I'm saying? You have your inner circle, then you have your not as close circle, and then you got some people out here on the peripheries, then you might have the people that are on the other side of the wall yeah. that you're not going to let in because they're not safe to let in. But to have a wall up for everybody, you know, that's when we need to have like some healing. Um, and what would you say about people who you feel like need to have healing because they do have that wall up so high, so thick, they're not letting anybody close? What, what, what would you say to that person? Do you have any advice for that person? Um, I feel like I, I, like I can be that person sometimes. So I don't know if I have like the best advice because... Um, people are not as willing to like be open and talk about their feelings and expectations of what they want from one another. Um, and even like, you know, when you are in a fight with a friend or whoever, and they're like, oh, well, what do you want from me? Sometimes like, you know, in that moment, you don't feel like 
you know, you even want to tell them because it's like, okay, well, now if I tell you, are we even supposed to be friends? Because, you know, you should know, you know, stuff like this or whatever. So for me, I don't know, like, I feel like, okay, you, you should give everyone's worth a conversation. That's what I've always, you know, said. Like, it, no matter what happens, like, you know, everyone's worth a conversation um, on whatever it is that they want to talk about, like, on that specific topic only. And then you have to move on. Um, and then you can make decisions from there. So I feel like you should give, you know, people a chance to really speak their piece and really say where they're coming from so you can understand things from a different perspective because you, you may be unhealed yourself or a certain part of you may be unhealed. So you may be looking through a lens that's not as clear um, without the other without hearing the other side. So definitely just always have a conversation. I think that's really good advice to to listen and be open. And, you know, I try sometimes to kind of step outside of myself to say, let me try to be objective. Let me pretend I'm not me for a minute. And let me pretend that I'm just a stranger listening to this person talk about our situation that we just had. How would a stranger who wasn't in the middle of it, who wasn't emotional about it, how would they see this? You know, and, and would they see their side of it? Would they say, okay, that has value? Because sometimes people can look at the same situation and see two different things and they're both right. Right. And neither one is wrong because they're looking at it from two different angles and they're looking, especially with men and women, you know, um, or older and younger or a parent and a child. That's, that's two different perspectives. And so, you know, I've learned that as I've gone through life, that some people I thought were so wrong when I listened to them, I was like, I never thought about it that way. Oh, okay. I, okay. Okay. My bad. I was going to say, like, I tend to play devil's advocate in like a lot of situations just because, um, a lot of people, when they're set on like one thing or even like, you know, a viral story, like people can be set on like one side and I'm like, okay, but we, we also have to look at if this happened this way, because, you know, and I think that's why sometimes I have like a disconnect with people and like my boundaries can't be like given in a clear message because I understand things from like so many different angles, but I know sometimes people only see things from their own angle, but, and that's not to like, you know, put myself higher, but I've just always been that person. Like, and I guess that's like where really like the codependency thing comes from. Cause I'm like, okay, but what would they think if this happened like that? Or like, how did they respond to the situation? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I've always like really been like, you know, an advocate for saying to like see all sides of the situation. Well, that's, that's good advice to try to see all sides of it. And even to play the devil's advocate, you know, I'm a teacher and there are times when we would be getting ready to do a debate and I would tell people, okay, pick your sides, you know, and then I would switch them. I would make them switch. <laughs> so whoever was going to be for the topic goes, okay, now you guys are against it. Whoever was going to be against it. Now you're for it. Now here, go sit down and brainstorm, sit down and think about the other side. Because a lot of people never do think about the other side. Right. And, and there is many times, most times, another side. And so when we, when we think about relationships or situations, you know, that's where that flexibility comes in. Because sometimes when you have that conversation and you have this expectation, my expectations here, and you talk to that person and they're like, I can meet you here. Is this okay? You know, and you talk things out, you can kind of say, okay, that might be okay. And then sometimes you have to say, no, that's not all right. It depends on the situation. But sometimes boundaries need to be flexible. You have to compromise about some things and other things. You have to, that's where it comes in, examining and making decisions. What's the need and what's a want, you know? Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that concept of needs versus wants? Um, I just think of, like, with your boundaries, like, there's always, like, a tier of, like, relationships, kind of. And 
you know, like, you know, you're, you're saying like having to say no to certain people. Um, I feel like sometimes that can be a hard transition uh, because they may have been like someone who was like really, really important in your life. And then you have to demote them to a lower level. Um, but sometimes because of their how they move, that is like what you need to do because you have to be on a certain path. Um, and even though, you know, I was saying earlier, like I seek out people who are different because I want a certain quality of theirs for myself. Um, I still seek out people that like I would actually like, like I would actually be like, you know, inspired by and like I could learn from and that are genuine and authentic and not are not going to be like, there's not going to be any type of hate for jealous energy between us type of people. Um, and I feel like sometimes people miss the mark on that and they are just looking at, you know, what they want because they want like an instant gratification type of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're not realizing like, you know, you got to put people in certain categories like, you know, they can't come with you everywhere. They can't always, you know, be around you because they're going to distract you. You have to do what you need to do and put them wherever it is in your life that you see fit to get you back on the right path. That's some good advice. I like that idea of tears. I like that idea. I like that. You know, I kind of, I went this way, you went this way. We still said the same thing. That was right, kind of cool. Because yeah. I said circles and you said tears. But I like that word tears, you know, because tears has to me that connotation of like, as you were saying, importance and value and, and, and worth and, and what has this person kind of like, what impact do they have on Mm -hmm. me? What, what do they sow into my life? So I I like that word tears. I'm going to be using that word now. (laughs) Tears. I like that. So, you know, I'm thinking about a commercial that I saw recently and you probably have seen this commercial. And uh, they have different versions of it. The one that I saw, I think, last night, there was a little girl who had walked into a boxing uh, club. She looked like she was maybe 10, maybe. And this woman drove up in a car, and she got into the car, and she said, he told me I should take dance lessons. And the woman's speeding around the corner. Does it look like I want you to dance? Do you see how I'm taking these corners? We don't settle. We don't compromise. We go for what we want. We get what we want. And she drives the little girl around after she's gone to the corner. And the little girl's like, hmm. And she gets out. And you see her hitting the punching bag, you know? (laughs) So, and there was another version of it where a woman was um, asking for a raise. And... She came out and got in the car and, and, and she said something like, he told me to try next year or he told me something. And the woman was like, same kind of pep talk. Go back in there, fight for what you want. Go back in there, don't take less. I like that commercial, you know, because that commercial was about boundaries. It was also about standing up for yourself. It was about assertiveness. Um, and it had the, the small girl. And then it had the woman, different situations completely, but that whole idea of don't let somebody, in this case, a man, tell you what you can't have and what you can't have. And um, I think of the feminist movement. A lot of people hate that word feminist. Mm -hmm. And I understand why they dislike the word feminist because they say that feminism sometimes, uh, or in their opinion, destroyed the family. And it wasn't for, in a sense, black people because black women and black men were working together pre-feminism. And then there was kind of a divide that some people say came when it wasn't about the whole community rising. It was just about women rising. So I understand those arguments, but I also understand the need for women to have a voice. Right and to feel supported by other women in using that voice and saying, stop letting them push your boundaries back. Stop letting them use the B word against you and, and calling you a ball breaker. And you scared that they're going to think that you're this and that 
go in there and ask for what you want, demand what you want, you know. And we look at Kamala Harris. They called her everything but a child of God when she got nominated, you know. And they went into her sex life. And and just, they didn't do that with other candidates. She slept her way to the top. And it's like, why is a powerful woman such a threat? Right. Why, why do you feel, why do some people in society feel like they have to knock powerful women down, mm. you know, take them down a peg? And, and I think sometimes as women, as black women, we are fighting to be recognized, respected, seen as equal. Um, and we're constantly having to push our boundaries back because they keep being moved right. the other way. <laughs> what 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 is your opinion about what I'm talking about? Do you you know what do you think about that whole fight for equality with women or that whole push push back on the powerful woman? What do you think? Um, I feel like the pushback with the powerful woman, in my experience, I've always considered myself like a very hard worker, like. Um, I've always had so many different types of jobs. They don't even relate to each other. And I've always, like, you know, really tried my best to be, like, one of the best workers. And I would say, like, I don't even get pushback from men. Like, usually I get encouragement from men in, like, Mm -hmm. the situations I've been in. It's always the women who are telling me that, like, you know, I'm aggressive or I'm this or that. And so with that sense, like, I feel like a lot of women have, taken the opinions of other people and they've like it's like embedded in them I guess and so they feel like they have to project that type of energy on top like into me and I mean there's like that doesn't really like you know hold me back like or anything like that but for me it's like a weird thing because in a lot of ways um, we bring different things to the table like you know that men can't bring And, you know, we should be embracing that, but I don't know. I don't know why I've been working around people who are, like, very content. So, I mean, I don't know. Hmm. I've heard that also that women attack other women or are catty and things like that. And I've seen some of that. I think, to me, there's been a lot of progress. I think that there's more sisterhood now that I see than I used to see. Mm. I see a lot more women's groups besides sororities. You always have sororities, but I mean more, you know, Texas black business women or, you know, I I joined this Facebook group, you know, women for Kamala Harris. And, you know, there's, there's just a bunch of different groups out there that seem to be about sisterhood. There seems to be a move for sisterhood and, and to, you know, I saw somebody wearing a shirt, fix your crown, you know what I'm saying? Sister, fix your crown, you know? So just these different little sayings and different little movements to, to, to lift people up and to promote sisterhood. Um, and just to, to strengthen one another, you know, cause I think life, if we let it, life sometimes can try to pound on us mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? I mean, I definitely see that online. Like, Um, I always say that, like, my biggest supporters are people I don't really know. So Mm -hmm. I get a lot of support from women online. And then, like, you know, I join a lot of the Facebook groups, Instagram messages. Um, It's just in person. I don't know why that doesn't really translate over. Because Mm -hmm. you would think that everybody's kind of on social media and they're all kind of going with the flow of, like, how people are doing the whole women empowerment thing. But, um I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what to say, like, maybe they haven't gone through that process yet, where, you know, they don't see, like, you don't really have to compete with anybody, like, you, there's always, there can always be a lane for yourself, and you can always be successful within that own lane, like, but I don't think people see that that way, like, everybody has to grow through their own process, but um, I think it's a given, like, when you're on social media, you're gonna gravitate to the people who are more like-minded especially like with the algorithm changing and stuff like that so like a lot more content for you is pushed to you so that might be why I keep connecting with people and they're more supportive like online there's no algorithm in real life there's no algorithm in real life (laughs) 
that's true. Real life is just real life. You just meet whoever you meet, right, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's social media is so interesting and, and connecting with people, you know, on social media is so interesting. And, and I've actually had a lot of helpful conversations on social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for it. Um, so what do you want to tell people about your journey as a, a writer, as a podcaster, as a person, you know, any lessons, any insight that you want to, to share? Like, who are you? What do you want them to know about you and what you do and where they can find you? Those kind of things. Okay. Um, so what I want, uh, for people to get is you shouldn't have to really wait for anything because for me I was always like waiting for something like I've been told since I was like in high school oh you should start a YouTube channel oh you should do this I can see you being like famous I can see you doing this and I'd be like okay 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 whatever and like even when like that type of stuff died down I was like well I still really want to do like you know things in the entertainment, like, you know, spectrum. And I was just always waiting for something. I don't know what I was waiting for. Maybe it was, like, my parents' approval, because, like I said, they're immigrants, so a lot of foreign parents, older parents, they always, like, want you to get, like, a degree and, like, go be a doctor and go be a lawyer or whatever. So um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I was waiting for their approval, kind of. And, like, even for that, like, you know, you only live for yourself, so you can't even really wait for your family's approval, your friend's approval, whatever. Like, you just need to go ahead and start whatever it is that you want to do and, like, really be consistent with it. And that's what I did with my podcast, because, like I said, I had my own, like, little live show personally, but I was never really putting any work behind it. So when I, like, made this, and I was starting it with a lot of people at first, and I really couldn't get like a correct footing with like so many different people because everybody came in and they had their own idea of what they wanted the podcast to be and you know that's where that boundary really had to come from because I had to fight for my own creative like ideas and be like no this is my show this is you know really what I want to do with it and you know there's been people who have came and went and there have been like you know really loyal people who have stayed and so with that like I was always so worried about how it would look like. And even when people left, like, you know, they would always, like, taunt, like, oh, but aren't you worried about, like, you know, the in and out? But even that type of stuff doesn't matter because when you have, like, a good idea and you're putting the work behind it, like, it's going to pay off in the future. So I'm just going (laughs) to circle back. I know that was long-winded, but, like, just don't wait. Go ahead and start. Like, things don't have to be perfect. Go ahead and, like, you know, express yourself, express, like, whatever ideas that you have. So... Yeah, and you can follow uh, Served on Sundays on Instagram, and you can follow my personal, Vividly Vic. Vividly Vic. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. I like, it's interesting how you came back. You started off, the first thing you said was, boundaries help you protect your energy. Mm -hmm. And now, you were talking about protecting your vision for your podcast, and how sometimes when you have a lot of people, your vision can start to get diluted and you actually have to capture it, bring it back and, right. and bring it back into focus. Um, and I think that boundaries are so key to whatever you want to do. Like you said, whether it's a podcast, whether it's you know opening your own shop, having your own business, whether it's just the family that you want to have, the relationship you want to have, the life you want to have. Because once you get other people involved, Mm -hmm. they do bring all of their agenda and all of their ideas. And you have to know this is my life. This is my podcast. This is is how I'm going to let this be. I'm protecting, Mm -hmm. you know, the vision that I have. I'm protecting, um, you know, my goals and and myself, you know. And I I like that. So we kind of came back to the beginning. So I kind of, like I said, created this acronym Eden for boundaries, kind of helped me to examine my needs, to examine my life, to examine my relationships. So that's the E examine and then decide what boundaries I need. And then to articulate them, be able to affirm them for myself, 
uh, first and then affirm them to others, you know, articulate them clearly to others, especially once I got it kind of crystallized in my own mind, what I really need. Cause sometimes we don't get what we want mm. because we're not clear. Right. So for me, it's helped me to become clear, to be able to articulate clearly what I want. Cause you know, I, I, I know I was dating this guy and he's going to be laughing if he ever hears this podcast. He'd be like, I gave you what you wanted. You got mad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did. Um, oh my God. Because uh, I told you what I wanted, but that wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't really what I meant. And I learned from that situation. You got to really think things through. <laughs> you got you laughing like you have a, a, a something like that you wanted to add to that. Did that bring no, up anything? No, no, no. Okay. No, yeah. So articulate, you know, I can admit when I, um, have misarticulated myself and I had to go back and say, scratch that thing. I just said, mm, I've thought it through a little better. And here's what I really meant to say. This is what I really need. Uh, so to, to keep from doing that in the future, I said, you know, let me put a little more thought. Yeah before I actually articulate this boundary, let me really think through, think it through and reflect. And then to normalize the use of those boundaries and really to get used to the new norm, normal and deal with the pushback, you know, deal with uh, the consequences, have consequences that you're ready to implement, you know, if things aren't being respected. Um, but I think boundaries are something that a lot of people struggle with. I've struggled with them, but having them is, is a healthy thing. And yeah. it really brings us peace, which mm -hmm. this whole show is about synergy, <laughs> you know, the urge for more peace in your life. So I think that as we go through the ABCs of Zen, this is a big word, you know, boundaries that a lot of people are struggling with and I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk about it. And so I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast and I wanted to thank everybody out there in Facebook live land and in Instagram live land who tuned in. So this was Miss Victoria. Yes. Thank and you. yeah, served on Sunday. So you guys can check her out. Tell them again where they can find you. Uh, you can go to at served on Sundays on Instagram or at vividly Vic on Instagram. Awesome. And I am Zenashe, Z-E-N-A-S-E. -E. Um, if you're looking at the Facebook Live, I do have a bunch of different merch. I have shirts, you know, different colors. I have masks. I have hoodies and tees and blankets and pillows. I even have mugs now. I have doggy hoodies. Um, I have all kinds of different inspirational and motivational merchandise. Um, I also have things that celebrate the arts. I am an artist. I love the arts. I think the arts give us life. And so I want to thank you guys for joining us. I hope that you, you know, were inspired, uplifted, learned something about boundaries, maybe saw yourself in our conversation, you know, and may you walk in synergy. Thank you guys for tuning in. Give the gift of lift. Lift people up, lift people up. So when they look at your, your shirt, they look at your mug, they get an inspiring message. They're lifted. Mm -hmm.